know what? We just want to thank you guys so much for your generosity because without your generosity, we would have never had the opportunity to do that. And we were able to impact so many families that walked in here and they didn't know how they're going to provide Christmas, but we were able to help them provide Christmas to their kids. And it, what was so cool is we went into this event knowing this isn't just about giving kids Christmas gifts. This was about ultimately providing people with the opportunity to experience the greatest gift that you could ever have, and that's a relationship with Jesus. And I want to let you guys know that 87 people raised their hand for salvation yesterday. You know what? That is changed eternities for 87 families that they're going to take back and it's going to impact their lives and their kids' lives and generations to come. And we're able to do that because of things like legacy and the ways that you guys give and things like that. And so you guys can continue to be generous and we're going to continue to make a difference every time that you guys entrust us with those things. So thank you. I also want to give it up for all of our volunteers. We had 130 people here that we're volunteering and making that happen. So thank you guys for giving of your time in order for that to take place. Well, if you guys don't know me, my name is Shayla, and I am Pastor TJ's wife, and I'm, I've actually been giving him a break over the last few weeks because his voice has been struggling a little bit, and we want him good for Christmas Eve and then going into the new year. And so you guys get just the joy and the privilege of, you know, yeah, thank you. The, the reason I said that was because I needed a little encouragement this morning. So thank you guys for, for responding and the feedback. Well, well, as I was going into my message, I was thinking about Christmas. And I think Christmas actually comes with some really amazing things and some not so amazing things at time. I think at Christmas, there's a lot of pressure that we face in life. I think there's pressure to like find the right gift for your in-laws or for your nieces, your nephews, their, your, their kids. I don't know about for you guys, but for me, I want to be the best aunt. And I'm not near my, my nieces and nephews. And so I'm like, what do they want? What is the best toy of the season? Because I want to give them the best so that they think I'm the best. And there's pressure that's associated with that. Some of you guys, there's pressure because you want to provide good gifts, but there's actually not a good financial situation. And so you feel this pressure pressure that is present. Some of you guys are going into some dinners and some relationships that there's going to be pressure that's associated with those things. And I think at, at this time of year, there's just a lot of pressure in our life. And, and I don't know about you guys, but at Christmas, if I had kids at home, there would be one thing that would increase the pressure of my life, and that is that stupid elf. I'm not going to give it away for, for anybody in here that, you know, has kids sitting in here. But if there was an elf showing up at my house, messing things up all the time, and every day this guy is showing up, and I'm, I'm having to clean up his mess, there is pressure. I have a solution to the elf issue, and it is this. When, wrap empty boxes, put them under the tree, and every time your child acts up, just throw one in the fireplace. Pressure relieved for every single one of you. Although we, we don't have fireplaces in Florida, so you throw it in a wood chipper. I don't know. Do you have a wood chipper? I have no idea what we have in Florida. But listen, here's what I know about life. Is it, it is impossible to live this life without pressure. It is impossible to go through life and not feel the tension and the pressure of this world, of this life, of relationships. 
But see, God designed us to be able to handle pressure, to overcome pressure, to deal with pressure. We, you and I, were made to do difficult things. We were not born in this bubble that has shielded us from the world and pressure. We were actually created in the uniqueness of God with the ability to overcome in difficult situations. The Bible actually says, in this world, you will have trouble. But yet so many of us walk around and we're trying to eliminate pressure from our our life. And I could imagine that if I went home with you today, I would walk into your life and I would say that you live a high pressure life. Because maybe your marriage might have some pressure right now. If we went into your job, I bet there would be pressure within your job. I bet you're experiencing pressure from your boss. Your financial situation is experiencing pressure. Your business might have some pressure. We live high-pressure lives. And I think one mistake that we make is we try to control the dial of pressure in our life, and we try to eliminate the pressure that we're feeling. But here is what I've realized so many times in life is that pressure actually produces something in our life. Pressure is actually something that produces in our life. And I think so many of us go into it and we think, well, if I just had more money, then I wouldn't have pressure. If I was just married to this person or that person, then I wouldn't have pressure. If I just got to this point in my life, then I wouldn't have pressure. But I think it's in those moments, actually how we respond to pressure that actually produces something good in our life. And I've realized this, that many of us in our life, we don't change or get better because of pleasure. We change and we grow because of pressure. And so then pressure in our life is actually producing something. And God created us with the ability to overcome and to persevere and to be victorious on the other side of whatever that tension or that pressure is in our life. And as I was reading the Christmas story over this week, I could see the pressure that was surrounding a lot of the people in this story. I mean, at the time of Jesus' birth, there was actually a lot of pressure. The government was very oppressive and controlling. They were taxing people at extremely high rates, which we know nothing about in our culture. There was a census that was being taken, so Joseph and Mary had to, Mary being well along in her pregnancy, they had to get on a donkey and travel days to Bethlehem. Now, ladies out there, if you were at the end of your pregnancy and you had to get on a donkey for days... I can imagine there would be some pressure. There's probably some pressure in that relationship with Mary and Joseph. I can imagine Mary being like, shut up, Joseph. Yes, just slow down. Yes, I have to go to the bathroom again. Joseph, shut up. She couldn't even say you did this to me. The Holy Spirit did it to her. But I can imagine there was pressure. And in Matthew, it actually begins to tell the story, and it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. 
And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Joseph is feeling pressure. He's like, this woman that I'm engaged to is now pregnant, and it's not my kid, and what are people going to think? What are people going to say about us? And he's feeling this pressure and this tension of, do I not marry her? Or do I continue in this relationship? There's pressure. But as he considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. I can imagine pressure in this moment. Listen, you are about to have a child that's going to be the savior of the world. Oh, my gosh, the pressure. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken to the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. You know what? I don't know what you walked in here today. I don't know what pressure is in your life. But the Christmas story is such good news to us because there is a Savior that came and lived on this earth and walked among, among us and experienced what we've experienced. And we can take courage because there is a God that is present with us in every single moment. And when Joseph woke up from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife but knew her not until she had given birth to a son and she called the, his name. Jesus. Now the story continues on in another passage of scripture with some shepherds, and it says that night there were some shepherds staying in a field nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep, and suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. I'm sure you would be terrified if an angel just showed up in the middle of your day. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. I want you to underline that, circle that, highlight that. I will bring you good news of great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. See, right here where the shepherds and this angel shows up to these shepherds up to this point. The Israelites had heard about this Savior. They had heard about this Savior that was going to come, that was going to rescue them, that was going to bring them freedom, that was going to be the deliverer, and all of, these, all of these things that they had heard about for so long. So Israel has been waiting and waiting and waiting, and God had actually not spoken to anyone. God had not spoken through a prophet. God had not spoken a word for 400 years. 400 years, and all of the sudden, an angel shows up and declares this message to the shepherds. And I, I could imagine, God hasn't spoken, nobody has heard God for 400 years, and all of a sudden, the shepherds are standing there, this angel delivers a word from God. I can imagine them thinking in this moment, am I going to die right now? Because nobody's heard God for a really long time, and now he's showing up for me, and in the past, man, if you even see God, you, you, you know, it's... So the, the angels show up, and they're terrified. But the first thing that God speaks through these angels after 400 years is, listen, I have something that I'm delivering you that is good news of great joy. And I don't know about you guys today, but in the pressure of life right now, I could use some good news and some great joy. 
And that's what I want to talk to you guys about today. Because I think that no matter what the circumstances we face, no matter what pressures we face in life, that we can experience a great joy that is present in our life. Think no matter what, we can experience joy that is overflowing from our life. And what I am not talking about is happiness. Because happiness is actually based on happenings. What happiness is, is I got a new car and I'm happy, but I now have the car payment and I'm sad. <laughs> I'm happy because I'm in this relationship and I found this person, but now I'm sad because they just broke up with me. Happiness is based on happenings, but there is a joy that comes from within. There is a joy that sustains us in difficulty. There is a joy that is present, that comes from within. Good news and great joy that is available to every single one of us, regardless of what's happening in our life. In Nehemiah 8.10, it says this, The joy of the Lord is my strength. And I just want to pause here for a minute, because even last night in service, as we were in worship, I just kind of felt this overwhelming sense that there's a lot of you in this room or here this weekend that you are depleted of joy and you are depleted of strength. And I just want to pause for a minute because I truly believe that you are not here by accident and that God wants to restore joy and strength to your life today. And so I just want to take a second and I want to pray over us real quick before we even dive in and jump into this message. So if you guys will just bow your heads and close your eyes. Jesus, we just come before you today. And God, we thank you. God, that you have something that is available to us that when we are empty, when we are broken, when we are under pressure, God, that you want to strengthen us, that you want to restore joy to our life. So I pray, Father, that every person in this room that feels depleted, Lord, today that you would fill them. God, I pray that these would not be words that I speak, Lord, but these would be your words that do not return void in people's situations. And so, God, we surrender this time to you, and it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. See, I think finding joy in the right things actually produces strength in our life. And so I want to talk to you guys today about how do we experience this great joy that this angel is talking about. And I think the first thing is this, joy is a choice. Some of you guys need to circle this. Some of you guys need to underline this. Some of you guys need to go back this week and read this in the middle of your pressure. Joy is a choice. In James 1, 2, and 3, it says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Underline that again. Like, underline it real good. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Now, James is here. He's saying, consider it joy when you face pressure. Consider it joy when you're facing difficulty. What he's saying is, I want you to consider, I want you to look at your situation a little bit differently, and I want you to choose to look at your situation with joy. Why? Because you know that the testing of your faith, you know that this pressure in your life produces perseverance. 
And the reason that we can make joy a choice, even in the middle of pressure and even in the middle of difficulty, is because we know that that is producing something in our life. So I can look at this situation with joy because I know that on the other side of this, I am better. On the other side of this financial difficulty, I am learning. So I choose to look at this with joy and go, God, what do you want to teach me through this? I choose to look at this relationship difficulty and I choose to go, God, I know that there's going to be victory or healing on the other side of this. So I choose to look at this with joy. You know, I think about so often this verse in the Bible that is leading up to, to Jesus being crucified on the cross. And there's a verse in Hebrews that says, he, Hebrews says this, it says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Now, how is joy and the brutal death on the cross associated? It says, for the joy set before him, and you know what that joy was when he was hanging on the cross, when he endured the cross, that there was joy in him because he was up there going, the joy set before me, you are my joy. And I see you, and you're my joy. And I see you, you're my joy. And I see you, you're my joy. For the joy set before him, for you sitting here today, he endured the cross. And Jesus was looking at it and going, I choose joy because I know the outcome on the other side of this. And some of you guys are walking through pressure, and you're walking through difficulty, and you need to begin to look at it with a different perspective and a different view and go, I am considering this joy today because I know my God is victorious on the other side. So joy is a choice. I don't know about you guys. I'm somebody that I I love working out. Maybe love and workout together isn't the right combination, But I actually, it's not that I go and I love the pain of working out. I love what it produces. And so when I go into it, man, I can look at that workout and I can go, man, I'm excited about doing this. And in the moment, I'm sure I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is exhausting. I'm sweating. And I don't enjoy all of those pieces, but I enjoy the health and I enjoy the strength and I enjoy the energy on the other side of it. So I can look at the pain with joy because I know it's producing something. And so we need to begin to shift our perspective and to begin to choose joy. Joy is a choice. Because if we look at it differently, we can experience it through the lens of joy. Number two, joy comes from trust. And I would add kind of next to that, in the right things. Joy comes from trust in the right things. Because a lot of us, we've put our trust in the wrong things. And it's robbed us of joy. We've put our trust in our circumstances and they've failed us. We've put our trust in our job And for some reason, that job isn't here anymore. We've put our trust in that relationship, and it's hurt us. We've put our trust in things that are ever-changing and ever-shifting. But when we put our trust in God, there is a joy that begins to flow out of our life because we can trust that he is faithful. And while we might not see it in the moment, there is a victorious outcome on the other side when we surrender that trust to the right thing. In Romans 15, 13, it says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you what? Trust in him. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. When we trust in the right things, 
we're filled with joy. Where's, where's all my control freaks out there? Am I in the right place? Because I'm like this all over the place. But man, I love to try to control things in, our, in my life. And so I almost said our life. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> but so many of us, we're walking around and we're trying to control everything. We're trying to go into conversations and talk the right way because we want to control the outcome of what that person's going to walk away with. We try to control the outcome of our situations at work, and, we, and we, we're just grasping control at every little thing in our life. So many times, I, I'm trying to control conversations with TJ, and I'm trying to tell him over and over and over and over again. But how many of you guys know sometimes the more you try to control things, the more out of control it gets? The more tension there is in relationships. The more difficulty there is because the more we grasp for control, the more out of control things get. And I think so many of us, we limit ourselves and we rob ourselves of joy and peace because I'm constantly trying to control how it goes instead of trust. And there is so much joy in just letting go and trusting God for the outcome. But we're trying to control every little thing. But what if I realized is that the more times than not, when I release control and I begin to trust, there is so much pressure that is released from my life. There is so much joy and peace as I trust in him. And one of the greatest places that we can place our trust is in God. And there is a joy that comes when I don't have to hold it all together. When I can just let go. When there's a safe place to release that in my life, and God is just waiting for you to trust him, to give that situation that's failing over into his hands, to hand over that burden, to surrender that addiction, to hand over that relationship, and he's going, listen, will you just trust me? Will you just surrender control? Will you just let go? Because there is joy when you let it go. There is joy when you trust me. There is joy when you release this. You know, in the Bible, there are so many times where over and over and over again, God confirms his love and his care and, and all of the things that he adds to our life. In Isaiah 41, 13, it says, for I, the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. In Psalms 55, 22, it says, give your burdens to the Lord and he will take care of you. In Matthew, it says this, Jesus looked at them and he said, listen, with man it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And there are some of you in this room today that you need to begin to surrender control and let go. And some of you guys, you can put me up. <laughs> There was so much joy in the fact that you guys caught me right there. <laughs> but there is joy when we can just let go. We don't have to hold it all together. When we can take all of those things that we're trying to take control of, when we can just go, God, I trust you for the outcome of this. God, I surrender in this moment. Trying to control it has not done anything for me. And it's time for some of you guys for that joy to be restored by letting go and trusting. 
And God is faithful every single time to take care of us. That verse in Isaiah in a different version, it says he upholds us in his righteous right hand. See, God is present in every single moment. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And God with us that's walked through difficult things, that experienced the beating and the bruising and the forsaking of men in his life, people that have talked about him, all of the things that we've experienced in our life. We have a God that brings us good news of great joy because he's here with us just waiting for us to surrender control and to trust him because he wants to restore joy to our life. And listen, your, your situation, it might not change overnight, but the more you trust God, there is a joy in spite of what we see in the moment. There is this calm delight, this gladness that is present in our life, which leads me to number three. The joy is a byproduct of the condition of our spirit. Joy is a byproduct of the condition of our spirit. You know, in Galatians 5.22, it says this. But the fruit of the spirit, which means the thing, the fruit of the spirit, it means what our spirit is producing is love, is joy, is peace, is forbearance or patience, is kindness, is goodness, and faithfulness. And so I would ask you guys, if you're not experiencing joy in your life, if you're not experiencing peace, if you're impatient in so many things in your life, I would ask you this question, how's your spirit? Because the fruit of the spirit says that there will be a joy that is overflowing in our life. And some of us, we're not experiencing that joy that is present, and we're restless. It's because we're empty. And there are some things that we could do to fill our spirits so that joy begins to exude from our life, no matter what the pressure is that's coming. Because just like we feed our physical body, just like we feed our mind, whether we want to or not, with the thoughts that we dwell on, we also need to feed our spirit, which I think is one of the most neglected places of our life. And it's why we're not walking around with this joy and this peace and this patience and this kindness, because we have a depleted spirit. And the way that we fill our spirit is through time with God. It's through reading his word. It's through doing those devotionals. It's through sitting in time with prayer. It's just by sitting and listening so that God can begin to fill our spirit because joy is a byproduct of the condition of our spirit. I think there's a lot of you that are in this room today that your life is kind of like this empty Coke can. You've been poured out. You've been depleted. You just feel empty. There's some of your life that may feel broken. It may feel shattered. But you just feel kind of empty. And what has been happening in life is because you're empty, there's pressures that begin to come. 
And when those pressures come, it's crushing us. And we've been walking around with the pressures of life, crushing our soul, crushing our spirit, crushing our relationships, crushing our marriages. But there is an alternative. Because on the opposite side, I have this full can of Coke. And what happens is when we fill our spirit, when we feed our spirit, and when we're full of God's presence, and we're full of God's word, and we're full of that time with God, and that time spent in prayer, that out of our life begins to flow something different. And when pressure begins to come in our life, and we're living from a full spirit, nothing crushes us. Why? Because we are full of the presence of God. And here's what happens. The joy of the Lord becomes my strength. Because there is joy in my life. There is peace in my life. There is patience in my life. I have a full spirit. Therefore, I have strength to walk into any situation. And the pressure does not crush me because of what's inside of me. And here's what I know. As pressure is applied to life, it does not have to crush us. With every head bowed and every eye closed in here, I'm sure that there are some of you in this room today that you feel like the pressure of life is crushing you. And there are some of you that Maybe you've never experienced a relationship with a God that is able to fill your life so much that it gives you strength to be able to handle those moments in life and the pressure. And I believe that you are here today because God is with us and that he wants to fill your life with a strength that you may have never experienced. And if you've never begun a relationship with that God, and today you're saying, Shayla, my life is broken and it is empty, and I need that relationship that you're talking about to come and fill and strengthen my life, I want to pray for you. So if that's you today, on the count of three, if you'll just slip your hand up quickly, I'd love to pray a simple but significant prayer. On the count of three, one, two, three. Yes, I see you, one. Yes, I see you, two. Yes, three. Anybody else? If you'll just pray this in your heart as I pray it out loud. Jesus, today I bring my, my broken, my fragmented, my pressure-filled life. And I surrender it to you. God, today I, I give you my life. And I ask, Lord, that you would come and that you would fill me with your spirit. That you would fill me with the joy and the peace and the patience and the kindness. So that it begins to overflow in my life. So that when the pressure comes, that I can find the strength that I need. And today, I give that over to you and I accept 
the amazing gift of your son that is present with me, that is God with me in every single moment, in every single situation. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.